Hey everyone, what if I asked you if you wanted to confidently make connections with EL students, families, and colleagues, help your newcomers embark on their journey with engaging lessons, and plan like a pro for mixed proficiency classes? I bet I would get a resounding yes, and I'm here to tell you that you absolutely can do that. I would love to invite you to the second annual Confident ESL Teacher Summit, which will be held virtually on August 9th through 11th, 2022. What is the Confident ESL Teacher Summit exactly? It is a virtual back-to-school conference for ESL teachers. Three days of ELL teaching strategies specifically for those who work with English learners in grades K-12. through The Confident ESL Teacher Summit 2022 is hosted by me, Yeva Grossless, and features interviews and workshops with experienced and passionate ELL teachers from around the country, who believe that teaching English learners does not have to be overcomplicated and overwhelming. This year's focus is to provide attendees with confidence in finding connections with students, colleagues, and families, embarking on the ELL newcomer teaching journey, and supporting your students in mixed proficiency level classes and content areas. The registration is completely free, so all you have to do is click the link in the show notes and register. I cannot wait to see you and kick things off with you on August 9th. You're listening to episode 31 of the ESL Teaching Podcast. The goal of this and other summer episodes is to provide you with maximum value in short and effective doses so you can take action right away. Today, I want to talk about mistakes. We all make them, whether we are new or seasoned, but I think the most important thing we can do to move forward is to acknowledge them and learn from them. I will share three mistakes that I made as a new teacher. When you are just starting out, there's so much information out there about what you should do. Some of it is on point, but frequently advice is really situation-based. In this episode, I wanted to talk about three things you can actually do to set yourself up for success this coming school year. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the ESL Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grossless, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. Hello, hello, everyone. As a teacher, I reflect a lot. Um, I may not document it for myself every single time, but there is a reflection in my head after each lesson, each quarter, semester, and school year. Honestly, I think the best thing about our profession is that we do not stand in one place all the time. Every day brings a new opportunity. And over the past two years, we've had, you might say, too much and too many opportunities. Um, I wanted to make this episode helpful to all of us and especially to newer EL teachers. So there are three things that I believe I should have done sooner to avoid stress and confusion. These are what I call mistakes, but really they were and still are opportunities for growth. So here are my three, connecting with families, setting clear expectations, and planning ahead. 
So the first mistake that I made was not having a clear way of connecting with my students' families. I talk a lot about connection, but let's be honest, it's not always the easiest thing. While it, why is it important to connect with our students' families? The families are the best source of information about the student, about the culture, about their expectations. When the positive connection is established, both families and teachers feel like they can find a way to be on the same page, and in the end, our students win. While as a school we have a system of parent communication, as teachers of English learners, we find that this communication is frequently more overwhelming than useful. For example, we have families where the only people that speak some English are our students. So emails from school about upcoming events or drills or other information carry with them an extra layer of questions. Did they receive it? Did they understand it? If you've been following me for some time, you know that I work in a smaller district. That is, while the number of English learners we have is substantial, but it is not as large as some other districts who have uh, intricate systems and ways of doing things and working with newcomers and families and so on. So every year we plan out about how we're going to communicate, and every year I believe we can do better. So here are some practical tips that I have learned over the years, and part of them are truly thanks to modern technology. So the first tip is if you have an opportunity, meet with the parents of your students right away. This will give you some information about their ability to communicate in English and their translation needs. Thank goodness there are lots of apps today that automatically translate messages, including email messages, but your parents might need some help understanding that they have that option. The text messaging app that I have used is Remind, and their messages can be automatically translated into over 90 languages, both on the app and on the web. Another one is Talking Points, although I have not used it myself, I've heard good things about it. As for email, our school has switched to an email system called ParentSquare, which, similar to the apps I just mentioned, offers language assistance, and parents can read the emails that you've sent in English in their native language. The second tip is uh, the start of the year is hectic. There is no way around it, uh, but it is so, so important to make the time to connect with families of your English learners outside of the regularly scheduled open houses and curriculum nights. Your students' parents, especially those new to the country or area, might have a hard time navigating the overload of information. I have heard from families that they could totally use a time, whether an afternoon or an evening, to simply sit down and someone helping them fill out all of the paperwork that is required for school. I have connected with our school's social worker and we're planning to provide this opportunity to our EL families, which I believe is going to be very helpful and could prevent all kinds of misunderstandings in the future. The third tip is many parents of English learners are very busy. They work at the time school events take place. Frequently, language barrier prevents them from asking questions and they rely on their children to relay the information. A lot of them want to learn English or more like practice English, but simply don't have an opportunity. Some take evening classes if they can, but one parent said to me, I already know the grammar, I just need someone to talk in English 
too. So I gain confidence. So this tip is all about providing that opportunity to the parents, the human connection. If your school district state has the money for a grant that would allow you to host informal get togethers with the parents, I am telling you it is more than worth it. We offer the parents uh, to get together with us once a month on a Saturday morning, and this year we're probably going to change that to a Friday afternoon. And it was the most fantastic opportunity for all of us to get to know each other in, in a more meaningful way than just you know sending formal messages. There was a lot of cultural learning. Parents met other families similar to them in the community, so they didn't feel alone, like they were going through it by themselves. We learned about their cultures, uh, things we would never have even thought to look up on Google. And everyone practiced English who needed, learned words in each other's languages, and we just simply felt validated. This whole connection thing lasts a long time and transfers to the school day. So if you have an opportunity to figure out a way of how to connect connect with your families, that is a very, very important thing you can do. The second mistake I made was lack of expectations for my students and for, you know, probably myself also. When you, whether you work with littles or teens, it is important for all involved parties to know what is expected of them. It is easy to fall into the trap of thinking that your support teacher and your lessons are fluid and adaptive every day, which probably they are. Um, but this is especially true if you're helping your English learners with content area subjects uh, rather than following a strict ELL curriculum. For us ELL teachers, lesson planning can be tricky. But even if lesson planning is challenging sometimes, or you have a small mixed proficiency group, or you work with one student or 10, expectations are important. So let's think about these three things. I have three questions. Do your students know what the beginning of the class looks like? Do you greet them at the door and have something ready for them to do to get their juices flowing, or is it free for all? They come in, plop in their seats, take their phones out, all right? So the beginning of the class is important, whether you have a strict lesson plan or whether you are kind of like more fluid. The second question is, do your students know what the goal of each day is? I don't always have a specific lesson planned for each day. Not very intricate like the ones that we usually do during our practice teaching when somebody's observing, right? At the high school, I want my students to access the curriculum so we dissect what needs to be done every day, what our subject focus will be. But... The students know that at the beginning of the class, together we set a goal for the day, whether it's completing a, spe uh, a specific assignment, mastering a sentence structure, using content area vocabulary while answering the questions. And the third question is, do your students know what to expect at the end of a class? Holding them accountable for their EL session, no matter how long or short it was, will help them internalize what they learned. This could be a short exit ticket that they answer in writing or a quick oral question that they have to respond to a partner. Now, having expectations really saves you time and children, no matter what age they are, thrive in routines and knowing what is coming up. And that is something that you can really help yourself with. Try to figure out what is it you expect of your students. We don't want a free-for-all uh, because that's when it becomes unruly. That's when we have classroom management issues and that's where we feel like we haven't done our job. And the third mistake or lack of opportunity or untaken opportunity was that uh, I was, it was lack of planning ahead. 
A full disclaimer, I do not plan two weeks ahead at any point in the school year, simply because each week is different and the curriculum that I work with is mostly supporting my mixed proficiency classes. It depends a lot on planning with other teachers. I do, however, have a general plan for each week and more detailed ones for two, three days in advance. When I was a newer teacher, I did not utilize the time in the summer when my brain was free from all the things I had to do like yesterday. What do I mean by planning in the summer? I want to tell you, I'm a big fan of summer break. I need it physically, mentally, and emotionally. I bet you can relate with me. And I take it. But come August, I'm starting to think about school. And honestly, I have so much more creative space that I actually can look ahead and think about the coming year. So here are the things that you can plan for. You can plan when to screen the new students. Simply create a system that you can replicate each year to the best of your ability. I know it's kind of unpredictable, but you know, knowing who, when, what, where uh, is typically helpful. You can take care of some paperwork. For example, I like to create an individual language profile for each English learner, but it takes some time. In it, I would include not only their screener and access scores and what to expect at their level, but also background information so the classroom teachers get to know the students better. This work takes a little bit of time, and during the school year, it is not easy to find it. So having the individual language profiles ready before the start of the year is really priceless. You can also plan out a scope and sequence for your newcomers um, and intermediates, what you're going to teach them each month of the year. Check out episode 28 where I share more about it. And you can also map out your collaboration with classroom and content area teachers for the year. Where would you like to be included? What would you like to share with them? And what would your communication look like? If you want to learn more about how to set, set yourself up for a successful school year, make sure you sign up for the Confident ESL Teacher Summit that I mentioned at the start of this episode. It is a three-day virtual event for EL teachers where you will get a chance to learn more about connecting with students, colleagues, and families, how to work with newcomers, and navigate teaching mixed proficiency level classes and content areas. Registration is free, and you can find the link right in the show notes. And that is all for today. I hope you found this episode useful. What are some of the mistakes you have made as an EL teacher? And what would your advice be to newer ELL teachers? Share with me on Instagram or inside our Facebook group. Thank you for listening and until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to do two things. First, make sure to subscribe to the ESL Teaching Podcast so you don't miss an episode. And second, leave a positive review wherever you listen, on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform. Positive reviews will improve the chances of this podcast to be discovered in the feed and help our fellow ESL ELL teachers. And of course, there's a third thing. If you aren't following me on social media yet, Come join me on Instagram at SimplyYevaESL, Facebook SimplyYeva, or connect with me on my website, SimplyYeva.com. Thanks again, and until next time.